talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30 plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Road Muscle Muscle Radio is on the air. Welcome back. Buckle up and be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and at RoadMuscleRadio.com for links, our blog. I, I swear, I'm going to put up some events. I've been really lazy about well, that because they'll, they'll suddenly disappear again. And, yeah, I'm, and that's the thing. I'm scared. You, you, you need to put up the events, but the events seem to evaporate almost as fast as you put them up. Here is good news, though. Yeah. This weekend, finally, 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 going to have a Crossroads Cars down at the Crossroads. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry Ricardo's thing. That starts at 11, runs to 1.30. Uh, we've been missing those, you know, he tried to, he got one done in March before the wheels fell off Yeah, and he's finally going to have one this weekend. Really looking forward to that. Um, and Henry usually has really good turnout. Now I, uh, you know, in light of recent events being that this has uh, been a really interesting week here in the United States, <laughs> we will, we will keep our fingers crossed on that one. I'd really like to see it happen. I, I think we could all use it all of us. Yes, we, we could all use it. And the great thing is with, with Henry's, you don't have to have an exotic or you don't have to have a classic or it doesn't have to be any one thing. All cars are welcome. All people are welcome. I think it's something we really need. Yeah, and Henry's a cool young man too. He really is a cool guy. It's amazing that he's done this. When we had him on the other show. Yeah, on Driven Radio Show, by the way. When, we also do Driven Radio Show, so go look for that too. When we had him on the other show, we got done with the show and I offered him a beer. He said, "Thanks, but I'm not old enough." I about I about pooped my own diapers <laughs> and, on that one because he's just coming out of them, and I'm just going into them again. <laughs> and I, I said, "Henry, are, are you close?" Thinking, "Yeah, he's got a birthday coming up or something." He said, "No, I'm 18." Isn't it? Doesn't it just piss you off? How is someone that motivated? Are you kidding how me? Is, how does someone put all of that together and do all of that? And here I am going, I'd like to do that, but oh, I just, man. you know, I, I just, there's it, too much Netflix. Completely blown away. That is <laughs> yeah. a very motivated young man. Yes, and, he is. Uh, way sharper than his years would seem to indicate. To indicate. Oh, by the way, I'm Catfish Groves. I'm Brett Hatfield. And coming up in this show, we're going to talk about 10 muscle cars that went down in history. Yeah, they went down. For all the wrong reasons. How come it, we need to be able to do the air quotes? Yeah. How do you do that? A, in an I, audio format. I, I need to have a little sound effect button. Up. Muscle cars. Yeah. Muscle cars. <laughs> Ten products that are supposed to boost your horsepower. And which used muscle, muscle car uh, is a Consumer Reports Best Buy? Maybe. Think, think about it. You Maybe. can finally say, hey, honey, it's recommended by Best Buy, like our LG washer. Mm-hmm. It's good for the family. <laughs> <laughs> you have a reason. Trust us. And in segment two, uh, we're going to talk with Kevin Dunn, who owns Castle Works Motorsports in lovely DeSoto, Kansas. And our friend of the show, Mr. Pedwatt, says yeah. very nice things about Kevin. Pedwatt hooked us up and has taken pictures of, uh, of Kevin's car. Kevin not only owns a business offering performance parts, he drives an insanely lovely 1967 Pontiac Firebird. Would that be considered a resto mod I, with all the things he's done to it? Because it's freaking amazing. Resto mod track car. Car racing. Pod, grocery getter. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. That he drives like every day. <laughs> I'm not jealous. Why? Uh. <laughs> not to mention that his company is working on a modern muscle car conversion that will be the soul of a Firebird finally finding itself and coming out in a 2010 Camaro body. I want one. This should be cool. Speaking of bodies and cars, I, uh, I've talked to the guy uh, in West Virginia. Come on, spill it. And uh, next week, by the way, there will be no um, Road Muscle Radio next week. Because I'm going on vacation. The 10th is my 20, uh, 26th wedding anniversary. What are you doing, mental math there? I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, 1994 to 2020. Uh, take not from one and well, zero from not. Carried, yeah. 
<laughs> feel like Jethro Bodine. <laughs> not for not is not. Uh, but uh, it's our 26th wedding anniversary, so we're going to be out of town. And uh, we're going to cool, hit the road. Uh, the hard part is, again, with the way that the country's been in the past week, uh, we, we were thinking about taking – my wife was willing. And I have to tell you, it's probably because she's tired of me sitting at my computer going, sure. Oh, look at this car. Oh, look at this car. It's so hot. Oh, look at this one. And I, uh, we, we were thinking about going to Virginia, uh, to Roanoke, Virginia, and, uh, and really checking out that 62 Chrysler. On the off chance you go to Roanoke, Virginia. I know you're going to be shocked by this. I know a car guy there. We may talk because as I did some maths, some more maths, some mm -hmm. more knots from knots, and uh, it would cost about an extra $250, 300 gas-wise to, uh, to go get it. Mm -hmm. Or um, I'm sorry, to get it shipped okay. rather than to go get it. And then that's not including, it's a 14-hour drive, and we're not going to drive 14 can hours I, straight. Can I please? And this and that, so. Can I please encourage you to ship that car home? Uh, can that's, I please? Dude, that's where I'm 100% leaning, because I, after doing the maths and realizing that would be four days on the road, two of which I would be putting 1,000 miles on a car, that's old. Yes. And pretty much all at once. And Mark, do you really want it? No. No, that's not a Ford Ray trip home, I promise you. So, you know, I, uh, the man, the guy, his name's Joe and his wife is Sharon. And Joe, uh, Joe has worked on this car for a long time. Okay. He's been pretty much the rancher. We talked about, you know, the reverse lug nuts. and He's not a preacher uh, from Arkansas, is he? No, dear God, no. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who haven't heard those episodes, that's a long story with me. I have a history. Uh, but this guy is, is just so nice. We had a long talk over the weekend about the vehicle they sent more pictures of it because i wanted to see the trunk pan and you know the engine bay and this and that it's really clean looking good he sent me a video of it running oh yeah it actually does oh yeah oh cool pretty smoothly it's got a 413 you only had to go half the way across the country to find one yeah no doubt so now <laughs> i i got i gotta make myself pull the trigger just and it. and make an offer and you know and then it i i have made a couple of other offers but uh uh they haven't been accepted, and we'll see on this one. And it's not a low ball. I just, uh, you know, factoring in the shipping and this and that. Well, and uh, the, the smartest thing you could do is get it shipped. That way, if there's something huge or even not so huge wrong with it. That could be huge if I ran it for 1,000 miles. Uh, well, yeah. you know, small problems become big problems as you roll miles into the car. Yeah, yeah. So uh, get the sucker shipped. Anything new for you? Yes. What? what? <laughs> we haven't talked about this before the show, so I have no idea what, what it is. The what, Harley truck finally made it home. What? Yeah. Wow. Which one? Which one? Your dad had two. Yeah, well, you can guess which one. Okay. <laughs> he, he kept the low mile example for his own self. So you got the rat rod. <laughs> yeah, well, not so ratty now. Rhonda and I focused our uh, amazing detailing skills on this car for two days. Oh, OCD to OC clean. Yes. I, I call it CDO because then the letters are in order. <laughs> and then uh, got the windows tinted, and it's uh, it's standing tall. It's getting there. there are, there's plenty of stuff left we want to do, but it really well, sure. looks good right now. And, uh, yeah, what I needed is another big V8 with a supercharger on it. Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> I do not deny that. <laughs> There's something about that wine as you're coming up, and it's going. Mm -hmm. Ah, good times. Uh -huh. Not much. You're going to have to put a lot of rubber on the back uh, there. Yeah, well, a lot of rubber, and I I already have a hotline to my attorney because. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So well, so hopefully uh, we'll, we'll hear some more good news maybe uh, in two weeks when we when we have a fresh show up. I am very excited for you. Yeah, I uh, and I am so damn happy you're not going to make me drive to Virginia to retrieve. <laughs> you're <this> gone, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. Uh, I, I can learn. All right, let's get into some news. We've got 20 muscle cars that went down in history for all the wrong reasons. Please uh, tell me you didn't leave this at 20. No, no, I cut it down. I cut it by half. Okay. And we can zip through those because some of them are really painful. This is from thethings.com, the things. an article written by Michael Wire. Why are you looking at these, Michael? Uh, so let's let's, uh, let's just get right into it. At number twenty, I, uh, and we'll just we'll skip around. I can attest to this because my father bought one. It's a nineteen eighty two Ford Thunderbird, eighty two lozenge bird. Oh my God! It was so 
gutless. Uh, the Thunderbird, you know, at least had some some get up and go to it. Even what was the big mid seventies Monster Birds. Oh yeah, uh, they were basically you know LTDs, and um, these things were you know three fifty ones, and they could really push it. They could uh they could get yourself down the road even with that heavy of a body. The thing is, in 1982, after all the late 70s and all the things had been changing, they uh they got small, and they got ugly. They still had a V8, but it it put out 120 horsepower. Yeah, V8 in name only. <laughs> and my dad bought one. I drove the damn tires off of those things one night cruising downtown Branson, and you know what? I was the only person impressed. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. All that velour interior went well, to this, waste. This is that whole slow car fast versus fast car slow thing. Oh, God. It was awful. Uh, next up in number 19 was a 1983 to 1987 Dodge Charger. Charger in name only. Oh, I, I cannot agree more with this because they are ugly as ugly does. <laughs> and this thing was such a tryhard. More, uh, more ugly on this than a Rolling Stones group photo. <laughs> <laughs> they made every wrong decision Dodge did on this one. This is part of the, the downfall before they finally you know, figured out, why don't we make cars kind of cool again? Um, it got 80 horsepower. 80. 80 horsepower, L platform. It was a hatchback. You know when it went to zero to 60 in? Uh, coffee and a donut. 17 seconds, man. God. <laughs> you had enough time to read your, the newspaper. Get your butt outrun by an old lady pushing a Kmart cart. Now, supposedly, with a, what it was, a 2.2 liter, uh, it could get up to 108 miles per hour. But as God is my witness, I wouldn't want to be behind the wheel on it when it was. No. <laughs> no, no, Hello, I've, Jesus. I've had a few. I've had a few cars that got close to a buck, and I was thinking, no, well, this is it. <laughs> Up next, we'll skip to number fourteen, nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty one Mercury Capri Turbo RS. Those weren't that bad. That was kind of like it was. It was a different body version of a Mustang GT from the same period, and they rounded off the butt, and it looked a little like a dog doing its business. Yeah, it was. In, in, I hated them. <laughs> it's it, to me, it was like a fox body, body Dodge Charger. It just yeah. <laughs> now the article said it looks great, and obviously we have differing opinions on it. Uh, problem was the engine; it had a two point three liter power plant that could only get up to eighty eight horsepower. Oh yeah, they were ninety nine. Now eighty eight horsepower, ninety nine miles per hour. Earlier, I stressed it. This is a turbo. Yeah, this is a turbo vehicle. That is just a dog. Well, it's downhill, tailwind, mm, (laughs) half a tank of gas, take the back seat out, spares not in the car. And rounding up to the nearest 10. Um, Okay, so number 13 was a 1978 AMC Gremlin GT. Now, we had a little back and forth on this uh, before recording because, uh, you know, Gremlins? I like Grammys. I really do. But they jammed a 304 in the front end of this, and you said they were a little nose-heavy. Yeah, I, a little. I, again, with the Kmart <laughs> cart, if you jammed a 304 in it, it might be a little nose-heavy. Well, uh, they were making them. You know, AMC by that time was making them out of spare parts. It's whatever they could pick oh, up and man. take off of this one and pull off of that one because they were in their, you know, their dog days, the end of their uh, life cycle. And it just, it wasn't pretty. But I, I love Gremlins. I have that toy Gremlin in my office. Mm-hmm. It's that great big you know, RC-controlled one. That nobody else wanted either. I got it at a thrift store. I want the Hot Wheels Gremlin where you took the back seats out and you jammed the 304 in it amidships. That might be fun. Yeah, well, you see, uh, they, they tried to make it a muscle car, but it couldn't get over 90 miles per hour. Uh, number 12. It was, I wouldn't want to be in anything from AMC going over 90 miles an hour. I had a Jeep CJ7. I got up to 92 once. I was pretty sure I was going to see God before it stopped. Uh, number 12, a Chevy Citation X11. That's what makes it hot. It was an X11, the X11 Chevy Citation. Nuh-uh. Yeah, I know, right? Could, could you see that in Fast and Furious? Uh, it's just not, <laughs> too, be, not too fast and not very furious. I'd be furious at whoever bought the damn yeah, thing. No kidding. 2.8 liter engine, 135 horsepower, oh. ugly as your butt. It's everything a 1980 AMC wanted to have, be. Have you noticed the <laughs> common thread on all of these so far? They're all Malays era. It's all mid-70s yeah. to mid-80s, and they all sucked. Now, this if this tells you anything about it, in its best year, it sold 811 cars. <laughs> Some years it didn't sell over 100. Yeah, whatever. What a craptastic <laughs> pile. I would give them a citation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Should have been. <laughs> you lose. Uh, number nine, 1995 Chevy Monte Carlo. This, these weren't that bad. Well, this may be kind of sad because, you know, uh, Chevy in the mid-90s was slapping new labels onto old cars, you know, trying to kind of pass them off as something special. The Monte Carlo, I have great memories of a Monte Carlo. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't mine, and I never rode in it. But there was a kid in school, Brad Rogers. He was 15, and he looked like he was 28, had the mustache <laughs> and the hairy. He was just hairy. Yeah. And the long hair. And so it's 1979, and he's driving a 74 Monte Carlo. Now, 74 Monte is not a bad car, though. It's beautiful. That's the great car. You got two acres of hood. Yeah, exactly. And it just it looked tough. It was like long and tough and a and when he was kind of hanging there with the arm over it and he had the long, you know, long hippie hair and everything. He looked good. Now let's update it to 1995. Imagine doing that and that. It's like, yeah, oh, and, and God. now now Brad's got a receding hairline, <laughs> kind of a pot belly, and he manages the dominoes. And basically, the the Monte Carlo they took alumina. Yeah, they took alumina and badged it up a little, dressed it up for and prom. This, this is why I'm not mad at this. The first car I ever sold for a Chevy dealership was a '96 Lumina. <laughs> <laughs> I can't point too hard a, uh, uh-huh. a finger because uh-huh. I was the very early '90s uh, Pontiac salesman for a <laughs> month and five days. Which gets you to the next car. Oh yeah, a 1982 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. Can they get rider? Yeah, I. This thing, those look great. Okay, this, I love the look of the car. Love it. But apparently, it was the dog. Oh, they were not quick. Not at all. They had the Iron Duke engine. That was the four-bang, and they were god-awful. 375 pounds, 90 horsepower. Uh, on a good day, <laughs> if, they, you put, if you put expensive gas on it. They put an enhanced version that had uh, 160 horsepower on this big, big car. And top speed was just under 100 miles per hour. Oh, whatever. It wouldn't do 100 if you shoved it out of a plane. <laughs> Number five, 1997 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Not a family car. It's a family cur. Thing was a dog. <laughs> it had fancy items like a CD player, and it, and it had an MP3 player, which Although, is of note. Uh, around that era or not too far before that, they made a Cutlass convertible that was kind of cool looking. I don't think they were too fast, but they weren't no. that bad. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, there's, there's a compliment. Eh, it didn't suck totally. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. the kind of car I want to drive. <laughs> kind of whiny. Up next, the 19, <laughs> number three was a 1978 Ford Mustang II King Cobra. Now, I, I like the looks of those. It comes with a free disco ball and some platform yes, shoes. Yes, it does. Give me those T-tops. Give them to me. <laughs> that thing. It was so stupid because, you know, that was basically toward the end of when they had taken the Ford Mustang and made it into a Pinto mm-hmm. that thought a bit much with the Napoleon complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, just awful. But uh, the You thing- had the poster with Farrah Fawcett sitting on the hood of that sucker, <laughs> didn't you? No, man. Yes, you did. You, you should meet my mom. No, I didn't have any poster like that in my room. <laughs> <laughs> but it had a 2.3 liter four-cylinder. That put out 88 horsepower, or you could get the V6 with 105 horsepower. Do you mind if I take this one? It's in my wheelhouse. Dude, go for it. Oh, the God. Now, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Corvette says. Mr. Corvette. The worst Corvette you could possibly own. <laughs> the 1980 California Carb Emissions Regulatory 305. No, wait a minute. It's a Corvette, and it says California, and it's got to be cool. No. No? No. It's the exact opposite. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks it big. Uh, for one year and one year only, California, uh, the Corvette with a 350 couldn't meet California emissions, and so they went to a 305 for California only. You had the 49 states, and then you had this gutless 305 that they sold in California. It was just terrible. Just yeah, ter- but it let you put flowers in your hair. No, because <laughs> no. it couldn't blow them out even with the teeth no. tops on. I, you know, I I think of this car, I, and I think of Charles Barkley saying, "Oh, that's terrible." It was just <laughs> god awful. Uh, five liter with a three speed automatic, uh, meaning a uh, hundred and eighty horsepower and two hundred fifty five pound feet of Whoa. torque, a hundred and fifty five, which probably made it to the pavement. Wow. Uh, just <laughs> awful. Thanks, California. Appreciate that one. Yeah, thanks. It's, that's that cousin you don't want to ever bring to the family. And here. then our crown jewel. Now, this, this is actually number 11. We've gone through 10, but I had to include it because on this list, I thought this was really weird. At number one on this list was a Pinto. No. 
And I, I had to completely disagree that that does not belong on a list of the crappiest muscle cars. Well, like I told you, the only way that thing has any muscles is if you ignite the back end and wait for the explosion. <laughs> my uh, buddy in uh, junior high, well, in uh, elementary school and junior high, his older sister, Linda, was just a mean, bad girl. Mean, bad girl. <laughs> she smoked cigarettes. Oh, those are the kind I like. <laughs> yeah. But she had a Pinto and... Uh, there was a few times that she drove us to school in it, and honest to God, that thing going up a southern Missouri hill oh, yeah. was just a sight to see. You couldn't drag a donkey harder. My, my cousin Bill had one, and he drove it through three Colorado winters. Oh, good Lord. What a brave, <laughs> brave man. <laughs> and then he parked it in his uncle's barn in Illinois, set the barn on fire, and killed the car. There we go. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our next one about stuff that can actually help. Well, we've got a list of 10 things that may give your car a little bit of extra horsepower. Now, number one. Like all of these we just talked Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Uh, a high-flow catalytic converter. I didn't even know there was such a critter. Anybody ever heard of one of those? I thought that was pretty interesting. I had never heard of it. And uh, looking at some of the, uh, the research on this, I'm like, there's, there's a one that makes it go faster? Mark like. Well, there's a lot of states that still make you uh, that make you go through an inspection on your car, mm-hmm. and they check to see if the thing uh, is is emissions compliant. And you know, we're lucky here in Kansas; we can get away with murder. You can tag a golf cart in Kansas if you try hard <laughs> enough. But you're not wrong. Places like California and New York <laughs> and a lot of other states will do emissions testing on your car, and if you cut the cats out of it, boy, you ain't getting a tag. Yeah. So. Uh, high-flow cats might be a neat way to stay legal and throw a little bit more power at your car. Uh, number two. Number nine. Or number nine. Uh, let's see. An ECU tune. I can vouch. That makes a huge difference. You know, I, it's only been within the past few years that I realized that was even a thing. Yeah. You know, by YouTube has taught me so much. One, how to do my brakes. Two, how to redo a hub on my daughter's uh, Accord. And then three. How to make a great steak. Yeah, how to make a great steak. And that's it. Thank you, YouTube. No, about these uh, ECU uh, engine tunes, when I see people with a computer yeah, making a car go better. You can retune or reflash your uh, your computer, and it'll unlock a lot of uh, hidden power in the engine. Mark now, again, uh, may not be emissions compliant. Check your state. Your mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. Performance fuel injectors. Hey, feed more fuel into the car. That's a great way to go faster. Another uh, video that I watched was, uh, I think it was our uh, guy, uh, JR, watch JR go, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, where he was cleaning fuel injectors and had a little mechanism thing that was doing it. I'm like, that is. Wasn't that the neatest little machine? Who, who knew? Cool. And, and the little spray that was coming out of it, I'm like, well, oh, JR my God. knew. Well, yeah, because he knows everything. <laughs> but performance fuel injectors, another way to go about it. Number seven, an intercooler upgrade. If you've got a car that's got an intercooler, if you've got a car that's got a turbo with an intercooler on it, Either air to air or air to water or water to air or martini to surface to air and margarita or margarita to ice. Uh, something that cools the air more makes it denser going into your intake. Absolutely, that'll help you out. Number six, nitrous. Now in the article, <laughs> I want to say it. I want to say it. Can I say it? You go ahead and say it. And I'll kick you, dude. Do you mean the nos? What a knob! Ow. Hey, that's my leg, man. It's what not- a freaking knob! <laughs> NOS didn't exist as a catchphrase until Fast and the Furry came out. <laughs> it means NOS, Nitrous Oxide Systems, the company who makes the bottles you put in your car. Yeah. You knob. <laughs> if, you wanted to have, if you want to clue in to all the real car guys that you don't know what you're talking about, refer to Nitrous as NOS. Uh, nitrous helps shove more air through your intake and uh, more air, more fuel, more speed, more power. Well, isn't nitrous also just a richer form? Because uh, it's well, it 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 compresses everything, or it oh. it, it makes it denser, more dense, kind of like me, more dense. I hear uh, you. But nitrous is a great way to go. Now there is a huge downside with nitrous. Like if you use too much of it, it will burn up everything inside your engine. If you like, uh, if yeah, you like, pi- if you like pistons with uh, <laughs> skylights in them, yeah, that's a great way to go. Great way to go. Performance headers, uh, more free flowing exhaust. Let's get the uh, exhaust out of your engine faster. Uh, absolutely a great way to go. Also, along with performance headers, doing heat coating. Yes, like our guy Tim McCarthy yes. over at Zycam. Zycote. Uh, Zycote. Uh, 
absolutely. Anything you can do to get the heat away from your engine, get the exhaust out faster, that is going to be good. Cold air intake, this is back to the same kind of thing you've got with the uh, with the intercoolers. More cold air into your engine. Uh, typically, this will be a pipe going to a cone-type filter that is shielded from your engine to keep the heat out of that and oh, uh, get more cold, dense air into your intake. I've seen that on a lot of things. Can you put that on a 350? You can put it on a lawnmower if you want. Oh, cool. <laughs> you just got to find somebody who will lock it up for you. Why did, would you not tell me this there earlier? I'd be so into that. <laughs> and lately I've been shopping them from K&N because they've got one that will fit on a Harley truck. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Yeehaw. That goes well with the supercharger. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get so many tickets. Uh, again, oh, man, yeah. This is why I drove slow cars for a long time. That navigator won't break the speed limit. Uh, anyway, ex- an exhaust system, again, getting the exhaust out of your engine, uh, make it more, make it freer flowing. That's one of the things when I was reading about uh, getting the dual exhaust, because a lot of times you'll see like the, yeah. the two exhausts coming out of the butt end of a car, but that doesn't mean that the full exhaust system is dual. No, and a lot of times it'll be a single pipe down to a Y, and then they'll run out to dual tips or dual mufflers, but not necessarily dual exhaust. True dual exhaust will help your performance. Yeah. Uh, supercharger. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 Uh, let me tell you about superchargers. Let me tell you about why the back tires on that truck are thinner than the fronts. <laughs> uh, supercharger, again, it's all about shoving more air into the car, into the intake. And that's what a supercharger does. It forces air down the intake. And more air, uh, get it in there with the fuel, everything burns more and more power. <laughs> I think I sleep with one of those uh-huh. at night. That's forcing air in. I'm going to start calling it a supercharger. Is that it? <laughs> that's, that's it. I'm putting stickers on my CPAP. Yeah, my CPAP just became a supercharger. I can't um, wait to tell my wife. Superchargers, for those who don't know, are run off a belt. They run off of the certain team belt or the... Uh, like a fan belt. They run off a belt on the front side of your engine. So your your engine drives the supercharger. Superchargers rob a little power, but they give it back as they jam that, uh, all that air into your intake. A little bit of trivia, the supercharger on a Corvette ZR1 at Redline takes a hundred horsepower to run. Whoa. How much does it give it back though? Well, ZR1 produces 755 horse, so the trade-off is there. Apparently. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Turbocharger is the same thing, forcing more air into the intake, but it runs off your exhaust, so it doesn't really rob power. And it, that's, that's free horsepower. That is free horsepower. Yeah, that's why you see these guys out there that are uh, street oh, ra- all the street racers yeah. running those great big du- twin turbos on their cars. That's because they're getting that power free. They're also getting 15, 1,500, 2,000 horsepower. There was a uh, little, uh, there's a club here in Kansas City that uh, I posted a link from them onto the Road Muscle Radio Facebook page because they had a, uh, a Corvette mm-hmm. that some guy had, there's no hood on it because none would ever be able to go on that thing. <laughs> but that maniacal supercharger that he had on it, or uh, turbocharger he had on it, I'm just like, sweet mother of God, what is that? I, I'm, it scares me. The idea of driving it scares me, and I kind of like it. There's a guy here in town, and by in town, I mean Olathe, lives here locally in the suburbs, drives a white 5th Gen Corvette Z06, and it's got the black Jake skull on the hood. That guy's pushing over 1,200 horsepower out of a (laughs) street-driven vet. (laughs) That's that's a lot of power for a little piece of plastic. Yes! That thing will get down and get weird in a hurry. Oh, that's fun. Uh, We do have one more bit of news before we get to SAG 2. There's a, uh, so I, I've looked at, uh, you know, Consumer Reports quite a bit. That's how we, we bought our washer and dryer, went mm-hmm. to Consumer Reports, checked it, and actually our, uh, pretty much everything in our kitchen. But, hey guys, <laughs> if you're working together with your wife and you want to make sure you get a good car, uh, Consumer Reports says that fifth generation Chevy Camaros are the, you know, the ones produced from 2010 to 2015. They're one of the best reliable used sports car buys under $25,000. Of course they are. It's a Boom. Chevy. You fix it with a hammer. Boom. You thought this through. You thought it through, and you're buying the best for your family. I'm very proud of you for doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, this list includes cars like Ford Mustang GT and Audi A5, Mazda Miata, BMW 2 Series, and a Subaru BRZ slash Toyota 86. It's the same car, two different badges. Yeah. 
the uh, this car, uh, the fifth generation Chevy Camaro, and this is according to Consumer Reports, takes classic muscle car looks and sounds and injects them into a modern drivetrain and body. Some nice kudos. They say the fifth gen has capable handling, good braking performance, and quote taut and controlled ride. It also has a 6.2-liter LS3 V8-powered uh, SS model that's very quick, but noted that the 3.6-liter uh, 3.6-liter LFX V6 engine also, quote-unquote, delivers decent performance. 305 horsepower. For a V6. For a V6. That's not bad. No, it isn't. That'll scoot you along. Now, Chevy connoisseurs don't get the big head. They also, uh, Consumer Reports also said that the car's emphasis on interior and exterior styling undermines practicality. With hampered visibility, difficult to read interior controls, a small trunk, tiny rear seat. All, <laughs> all, of those, all of those were said in the most understated fashion possible. If you haven't driven one and you want to see out, good luck. Yeah. You're uh, not gonna. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're, it's the side windows and the front and the windshield are a little like driving while looking through a mail slot. Oh, wow. Looking out the back, you just don't. So it's basically a battle Camaro. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still in. It's ready to go. You bring that on. Consumer Reports says a fifth-gen Chevy Camaro can be purchased for around $7,925 to $11,775, depending on trim level options. Dude, you don't have to go to Virginia. What are you doing? I know, right? <laughs> Believe me, I thought about it. I'm like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just read this. Yes. No, no. Chrysler has my heart. This has my pocketbook and my desires, but Chrysler, Chrysler's the one I want to take home to mom. You're going to follow that one down that trail, aren't you? I'm, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> so uh, there you go. If you want to feel good about something you bought and feel like that you got a good deal and it's safe-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Fifth Gen Camaro. And by the way, I got that out of, let, let me give that. Those consumer reports. Devil, it's due gmauthority.com. GMAuthority.com. You can find the links to these stories and more on our blog at RoadMuscleRadio.com. Now, coming up in our second segment, Kevin Dunn joins us in the Road Muscle Radio studios. Who has been sitting here patiently you know he, and quietly. He came in and he walked even by the bar and didn't start, you know, tipping bottles. Left that isn't right. atypical this guest is for us. This is an awfully nice guy. <laughs> uh, Kevin Dunn joins us in the Road Muscle Radio studio for a round square table discussion on cool car parts, his business supplying them, and what it's like to have a screaming 67 Firebird. That thing is sexy. Oh, my God, this thing. Uh, As your daily driver. Stick around. More Road Muscle Radio is coming up. Welcome back with Road Muscle Radio. You can find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio. I see a theme. I do. You know, if you know of somebody cool that we could talk to, kind of like Ped Watt yes. does, and we're about to prove it, uh, be sure to send us an email at driver at roadmuscleradio.com. Also, you can message us at Road Muscle Radio on Facebook. Uh, let us know. And and we'll do our best to give a chat and find out, you know, some of the cool stuff that we've got around it. There is so much cool stuff out there, and we want to talk to you about it. Absolutely. If you've got su- suggestions, get at us. Send us uh, whoever you think you'd like to hear from. Believe it or not, I do run out of car guys I know eventually. It's I, I still don't believe that, but we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it happens. Now, Kevin Dunn admits that he loves all things car-related. His background is in engineering, where he worked in the aerospace field for 15 years before starting Castle Works Motorsports, so he could catch air on K10, I guess, you know, <laughs> building things that can still fly. <laughs> uh, I, I might know where. Yeah, there might be a place or two. Uh, he's competed in the Optima Batteries Racing Series Search for the Ultimate Streetcar Invitational for a couple of years now, piloting his 67 Pontiac Firebird, which he built in his own shop. Kevin, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. Thank you. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The uh, uh, Ped was uh, pretty excited. He, he's apparently shot your car. Ped, uh, yeah. He's an amazing photographer. He is. He's, yeah, I have some of the greatest pictures I have of the car. That kid's far more talented than he's got a right to be. He, true. It's, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous and annoying and yet wonderful. So, Kevin, 
when did you first realize that you were really, really into cars, that this was something that, oh my gosh, I kind of want to do this. Oh gosh. Forever. Uh, forever ago. Uh, so <laughs> I know uh, that feel. <laughs> my, uh, my, my dad, uh, I blame him uh, well, for getting me into cars and for my uh, depleted bank account. Uh, <laughs> so, what did he do? Was he, he, he was an instructor at the General Motors Training Center in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh. Oh, okay. That'd do it. And so um, evenings he would go back to work, and I would tag along uh, while he'd catch up on paperwork and that, and I'd grab a carburetor and say, hey, can I take this apart and put it back together? (laughs) When I graduated from uh, carburetors, I wandered down to the other classrooms and whatnot and said, what's, what's that? And pointed to transmissions. <laughs> oh my gosh. He, he says, no, we're going to stay with carburetors. So dad had a huge influence in, in uh, my car culture. So you walking down that hallway and messing with stuff, was that citation we mentioned your fault? Okay. We'll, we'll nope. talk, no, we'll talk not about that off air. I want an apology. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> So uh, about how old were you when you finally just dug your heels in and said, let's go? Oh, gosh. Um, so my first car uh, was 67 Firebird, um, and I've owned it ever since. When did you get it? Oh, this, this Firebird. This Firebird was my first car when I was 16 years old. Is wow. that crazy? I've owned it since uh, January of 1981. Oh, my. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> just a few. It's had a few changes. You know, my, my big brother, uh, he had a 1968 or 69, I can't remember exactly, uh, Firebird that was green with a black top. And he went through, I think, four transmissions uh, in that thing. <laughs> yeah. he, he was unkind to it. He finally uh, gave it up down in Houston. It was uh, once he got down into really hot weather, it apparently was not designed for that. Boom goes the engine. Uh-huh. And, of course, he wasn't designed for it either. I'm sure he was still hot rodding it down there, too, looking to get another free transmission. And, uh, and it went away. But it was just a – I loved that car. Yep. It was the, fun to ride in, and it was just beautiful. It looked cool. So this 67, what did it look like when you first got so, it? Oh, uh, green. Green and ugly and rusty. <laughs> a dark green. <laughs> a really dark green. Started life as a uh, six-cylinder overhead cam six. Uh, oh. Two-speed automatic. Sexy. <laughs> yeah. So this was my high school car. Um, one, of, one of the, yeah, it was ugly. It, it, it was ugly as sin. <laughs> but one of the best, uh, best memories I have in that car and, and kind of what really fueled my passion for cars and racing Um 1986, 1985, I have to look back. Uh, I jumped in the Firebird, drove it 12 hours uh, up to Road America to watch my very first Trans Am race. Oh, wow. And I uh, drove up there, uh, didn't have a tent or anything. I slept in the car at the campgrounds. <laughs> you slept in the I car? I slept in the Firebird. <laughs> now, did the, did the seats fully recline? Or? Uh, I had some seats in there that did recline, so I just crawled over on the passenger side and went to sleep. And I remember the others in the campground, you know, they've all got their tents and grills. And <laughs> Was that the first time you reclined in that passenger seat? Uh, no comment. All right, then. <laughs> he had the car for five years, Mark. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't that ugly of a car. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Road America, uh, fantastic place. Uh, just it was in my blood after that. After seeing the Trans Am cars. Now, as you uh, as you went into your career, you were designing stuff for the, for the aerospace industry. What were you doing with them? So my my background is electrical engineering. Uh, yeah, worked for Honeywell Aerospace, uh, some other aerospace companies throughout my career. Uh, basically, test engineering. Um, companies making a widget. Um, you know, whether it's an instrument uh, in a cockpit uh-huh. uh, whatnot, um, they have to test those um, on the manufacturing line. Um, essentially make it think that it's in an aircraft, uh, right. simulate it with signals, do everything to make it think that it's in an airplane, and test it and make sure it's going to function when they ship it out. So uh, I develop hardware and software to test products. Nice. Was that here in, uh, in the Midwest? Or? Yeah, here, uh, here in Olathe at Honeywell. Uh, I'll be done. Honeywell Aerospace out at Arlen K10. Nice. So you were working in that, and how, how did you how did you step out of it? Uh, you know, I mean, was that like an oh my god leap kind of handshaking? Am I going to really do this? It or? was a little bit. Um, I got to the point I was doing less and less true engineering and uh, more yeah. more metrics, more paperwork, more boring. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, I hear you. Data collection. And, Welcome to radio. And it's just, I, I'm a true engineer through and through. I love designing. And more importantly, I love taking what I've designed and go build it, get out to the shop and get my hands dirty. Yeah. And I just wasn't not getting that in the corporate America. And, about about and, what time did you finally step out and, and start uh, uh, Castleworks Motorsports? Well, so a uh, little... I've had a few bumps when I jumped out of uh, corporate America, started Castle Works. Uh, it really didn't uh, pan out. For, I, I tried to make it go, make a go of it for a couple of years. Yeah. Jumped back in, did some contract engineering for a few years. And then Castle Works Motorsports, I turned that on in the fall of 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's uh, fairly new, actually. But it's cooking right along from what I'm I've seen. Try, I'm doing my best. I'm a one-man shop. Uh, <laughs> it's, nice. It's, I'm hoping to grow it into something more. With the voodoo that you do there, what is it that Castleworks Motorsports does? What, what do you create uh, for, for people to purchase? The main product line is I, I do CNC machining. Uh, I've got a CNC mill. Uh, I will do custom requests, but uh, my main product line is uh, billet air cleaners, uh, radiator caps, valve cover breathers, uh, re- really engine dress-up items. Okay, so and, when, when dressing up, are you talking, are you chrome and stuff? Is this brushed aluminum? Is uh, it special designs? Kind of um, describe some of the really cool stuff that you Yeah, so this is uh, all polished aluminum. Every, everything's billet aluminum. Uh, it, Air cleaners, for instance. Uh, I machine the Shelby Cobra logo right onto the top. Uh, do the Mustang, Camaro, Firebird, Trans Am. Uh, really all the big logos in, uh, that, that you see. Uh, I do the same logos also on radiator caps. Uh, again, billet polished uh, radiator caps. I saw that on your Facebook page because I thought that was really cool. There's a, a Firebird version that you've got yep. out. And I'm like, that's what a, what a nice dressage. Uh, to kind of have those finishing touches to put underneath the hood and to put just about anywhere. Now, okay, so if I had a, uh, a magnificent cowlick media, the little uh, little guy here with the big cowlick, yeah, absolutely. If I wanted something like that on a on a valve cover, absolutely, would, no ha- kidding. Ha- happy to do it, and I do. I get a lot of custom requests, just one, one off. Um, you you name don't it. Don't look at me, Jack. Dude, <laughs> no, I'm thinking, wouldn't it be cool if Vlad? Had its own valve covers that said Vlad on them. <laughs> I mean, that's just wicked. I, uh, I'm digging on that. I can't. One, one product I'm still in development is valve covers. Oh uh, my gosh! I'm I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm obviously a Pontiac guy through and through, and so I uh, my next probably next product line to come out will be some billet aluminum. Uh, yeah, but like in the Martian, yeah. you can you'll just science the shrimp out of it. And it'll, <laughs> We'll make it happen. Yes, I will. Well, that's Love pretty that, awesome. Maybe. If you go to uh, CastleWorksMotorsports.com, uh, you can go and see some of the uh, some of this work and purchase it. Not to mention, if you go to the Facebook page for uh, CastleWorks Motorsports, I honestly uh, thought you were going going Mopar on me. Oh, you know, uh-huh. every once in a while, I'll step back uh-huh. from the truly beautiful vehicles. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, whatever. I just, even the front end of that. There's a, okay in, in our earlier segment. Um, I'm, I'm in kind of talks with a fella in Virginia about a 62 Chrysler, New Yorker. Oh, wow. And it's got those funky slanted, uh, you know, two round, uh, headlights in the front. It's got a grill that really looks like it should be shoving snow. It's just a ridiculous and gorgeous car. (laughs) I'm really lobbying to get it repainted aircraft carrier gray. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, but then they'll actually land on it. Uh, I can do little <laughs> blinking lights running down the center of the hood because it's yeah, it's a, and I did find out from that. Okay, a quick side note: I <laughs> you had to bring it up. The guy that I was talking to, Joe, uh, Joe, who owns it, uh, poor guy, he just he got so old he he can't wrench anymore, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's just not as fun to work on anymore because I can't I can't get there, and I'm like, oh God, you're breaking my heart, but I want to buy your car, and um, he was talking about. The the front end of the New Yorker is actually four inches longer than the front end of a Newport. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Why? And he's like, you know, acreage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you damn right, sir. (laughs) So anyway, all right, uh, back to Castleworks Motorsports. Uh, Tell us about the the evolution of this uh, of 
this Firebird that you have, the 67 Firebird, because you've, you've told us about how when you first had it, it was this green, et cetera, and you had some fun, and it helped, it helped you really solidify your love of vehicles. It was what you took to go to uh, uh, the racetrack and, yep. and really go, oh, my God, this is it. Now, this car does not look now like it did then. Not uh-huh. at all. No. <laughs> tell us, tell us about the evolution. When did you go, you know what? I need to start making some changes and start doing it. Sure. You bet. So, uh, <clears throat> gosh, way back, uh, in college, I was, uh, autocrossing the car. 1987 ish. Rock yeah, and roll. 1987. That's when I graduated um, back. Uh, Damn. so I was, I had autocross up, <laughs> college. In, up in Nebraska. Um, Really got uh, got into that for quite a bit. Um, what were you autocrossing in? The Firebird. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was autocrossing. It's kind of a beast. Is beast. this is this with still a with a six bang and the this, power glide? So at the uh, in my senior year uh, in high school, I got rid of the six and okay. put in a four hundred uh, out of a sixty seven GTO. All right, we got a okay. little bit more. Uh, now I got a little now. more horsepower. Uh, changed the two speed automatic to a four speed. So I had a Muncie in there. Okay. Twenty-one. All righty. No, isn't that kind of heavy though to be uh, scooting around on an autocross course well, in a parking lot? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, so you didn't do anything with the suspension or nothing. anything? It was. It was. <laughs> it was. Uh, gosh, it was still a leaf. Uh, leaf springs. Uh, yeah, leaf springs. Stock suspension. Stock brakes. Oh uh, my god! You know, for Fourteen-inch rims. Yeah. No body roll in that at all. Oh, not at all. Oh, no. 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 But it was fun. Good times. <laughs> it was good times. So did that throughout college. Um, Gosh, at some point, uh, 1988, I think, okay. uh, decided to get rid of the rust in the green. <laughs> and, oh, you did. And decided to... <laughs> the patina. Right. The patina. <laughs> Air quotes. Uh, <laughs> patina. So, with my dad um, working at General Motors Training Center, the Fisher Body guy was on sabbatical for one year. He said, take my classroom and my paint booth and all my facilities what? and do whatever you want to your Firebird. So I spent the next year in the winter uh, restoring it, putting new quarters, all that stuff on. Now, did you purchase the quarters or did you actually fab it? Uh, purchased them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Purchased those and uh, uh, kind of taught myself some body work. Uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I painted the car myself, did all the body work. Kevin, what, what's the secret to welding? Because <laughs> I don't know. Practice, it. practice. Damn practice. you. I knew it. As with everything. <laughs> And I still don't consider myself. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So right around 88, uh, it was, uh, it went from green to orange, uh, hugger orange. My, I like bright colors. Yeah. And so I uh, safety orange was cheap. And there you go. I <laughs> uh, then basically it kind of stayed the way it was for about 20 years. Um, oh, wow. I drove it. I enjoyed it. But then, but by this time I graduated college, then you get into home ownership and you're yeah. doing all that. And so it sat in the garage a lot. Uh, I drive it occasionally. And then that takes us up to about, uh, 2014. Um, then, uh, when I was doing some of that contract work, I'm, uh, I'm in an aerospace company and I'm sitting there at my cube and, uh, I look over and there's uh, I see this guy's picture of the guy's Miata. And it's going around cones. And I said, oh, do you uh, do you solo? Because we used, in the old days, we called it solo, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, and nobody knew what I meant by solo because <laughs> I'm an old guy. <laughs> hey. Welcome <laughs> and, to my special and hell. They're like, uh, and he says, well, yeah, I autocross. And so then that led to the whole discussion about what I used to do with the Firebird and and then they just gave me a rash of shit for not driving the car. <laughs> and and they Good. Get, there were several of them there and they uh you know, you know, hey old man, bring your car out, you know, blah blah. <laughs> and I finally uh, one day I said, "You know what? You you guys better watch it. Um this old man might get his 50-year-old car out and beat your ass." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh uh, they kind of uh, shamed me into getting back into autocross, oh, nice. and it only took uh, yeah about one event, and I'm like, okay, game on, um, oh, and yeah. it was time to get more suspension. And about that same time, I'm watching TV, and I come across uh, uh, Optima Batteries' Search for the Ultimate Streetcar series on TV, and I was hooked. After seeing that, I was absolutely hooked. Uh, wanted to try it, and I knew if I wanted to you know, compete or go to one of those, 
time for modifications. So yeah. uh, that, uh, that, that's how it kind of got its name, Snowball. My friends refer to my car as Snowball because everything, everything snowballed, snowballed uh-huh. in a very 20, 2016. It snowballed into, you know, coil over suspension, uh, 18 by 12 wheels, uh, 335 square all the way around. The meat that it's slapping mm-hmm. down is just, <laughs> so, damn. So it snowballed into that and, <laughs> um, which led to fender flares and all oh, kinds yeah. of uh, mod- body modifications and another repaint. And now, there was an interesting thing that I, I read on the, uh, I believe it was, yeah, it was on the uh, uh, website, that you kept a theme with the car as you added on things. Absolutely. What was that theme and what all did you add? I'm so, not telling my wife that's the theme. <laughs> <laughs> So I uh, Pontiac, of course, by this point was a, a, a dead, you know, division yeah, of General yeah. Motors. Uh, Two thousand two, they, uh, they called it quits on that. Um, what I wanted to do, I wanted to incorporate a design element from every generation of the Firebird, uh-huh. four generations of the Firebird. So it's um, so I kind of sat out trying to find a design element that I thought fit the car that I could add into it. The car's a first gen Firebird. Check that box. Uh, second gen, I took from a Trans Am. Second gen, the fender extractors are off of a second gen Trans Am. Okay. Uh, a lot of people think they're stock to the first gen. They're not. They, uh, I'm, I'm, I think they look great on there and, uh-huh. and, and really fit in well. They, they, they look like they came with the car. Um, so that's fantastic. We'll jump over third gen. I'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, fourth gen is the rear spoiler. Uh, that's off a of fourth gen Trans Am. Okay. Oh, uh, nice. Cool. Interesting thing there. Fourth gen Trans Am's a hatchback. Mm-hmm. First gen has a trunk, and so I had to essentially make the spoiler a three-piece spoiler, um, <laughs> and widen it three inches. Oh wow! Yeah, so that kind of gives you an idea size-wise what the uh, difference between fourth gen and first gen. Um, the cool thing was is the uh, contour on the uh-huh. top of the quarter panel. Totally unchanged. Oh, wow. Did not change a bit. So a fourth gen to a first gen, boy, it sat perfectly level. I didn't have to change one thing on the contour. Lucky. Just widen it three <laughs> inches. Very yeah. cool. So that was a fourth gen checkbox uh, design element. Third gen was the 80s. <laughs> the 80s were rough. <laughs> so Is it a, what, a Firebird decal or something <laughs> that you put on there and slapped onto that hood? Technically, I've not found a true factory <laughs> but but i will i will find something that I, i've tried several pieces they just didn't work however I'm sure there's a cassette deck somewhere there, that you could slap into there it. is um i i paid homage to the cheesiest thing from a trans am in the 80s that i could think of david hasselhoff ding <laughs> what winner <laughs> it has the night rider lights up front oh my god <laughs> they go back and forth <laughs> yes good call oh got it <laughs> yes, you and uh it's uh, young kids have no clue what that is when i turn it on <laughs> no, no that's different right right so, check out my leds no, so dude. that's my homage to the 80s pontiac <laughs> until i find stop it. there <laughs> yes <laughs> that's Quit. probably uh that's probably why quit while you're ahead yes, exactly probably so as the hoff would say winner winner chicken dinner you got it already <laughs> Now, what are you doing with the car currently? Uh, we were talking earlier. We asked if you'd driven it in because we wanted to run upstairs and go look at it. Ah, yep. So and, uh, I, it's uh, it's been in the shop uh, all winter long. I actually did have it out uh, last weekend, drove it down to a, a little car event down in Gardner. And, nice. Uh, so it was nice to get it out for the first time this year. Uh, yeah. And uh, my upcoming, the, the first Optima event that I'm doing this year is down in Georgia. It's going to be at the Atlanta Motorsports Park. And so I'm, uh, you're never done with the cars. You're always right. changing things. And so I've got it uh, disabled, I'll say. I guess fuel lines off, changing some things like that. Nothing major, but. Uh, um, Just making sure it's sturdy. Some things I want to do. Yeah, you do, yeah. You do the wintertime nut and bolt check. Uh, I'll be adding a remote uh, oil filter, oil cooler, things like that. So um, nice. I've got a few other ideas I that may or may not happen. Uh, I really want to uh, flat bottom the car. Um, 
what it's lacking in power, I, I'll take all the aero uh, yes. benefits that I can do. So gotcha. I'd like I'd like to flat bottom the car. That's going to lead to now I'm enclosing the transmission and everything, and that leads to heat and all kinds. Right. So now I get into a transmission cooler and a, and a you know, coolant pump. Uh, Talk about that bad boy splitter that's on the front of that. Oh, pump. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, that came in in all the body mods. Um when I did the flares and then transitioned into the air dam, uh, and then the splitter, uh, it's, uh, is that adjustable? Uh, it is, it is. Um, it's, I, I honestly, I, I gotta say, I don't change it a whole lot. Uh, and, uh, future plans probably call for making it even sturdier. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, th- there's always, always ways to improve <laughs> and anybody in these, uh, you know, these tight racing events and racing series, we're just never done with the cars. We're always changing them, and, uh, and, I, and I'm no different. So Now, tell me one other thing. Tell me you shut up the Miata guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the end of that story? <laughs> I think so. We'll, we'll see. There, there's, uh, uh, yeah, the Miata guys and the Evo guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. What, what was the reaction when they saw the car and saw you work it? Were they uh, impressed or were they like, uh-oh? I, I, I think they were, yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they, uh, we did some ride-alongs and uh, I remember That'll one, shut them up. one guy. Uh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. It's leaning so far. <laughs> one guy made the comment. He's like, I like the linear acceleration. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're used to turbo lag. And <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it was an interesting comment. Now, on your website, you've got a project yes. that you've got a few pictures of the beginnings of and some uh, uh, drawings of what you're looking to do. Yep. I, have, I've, I was really excited when I came across that because one of the things that I've looked at here recently, there are some companies that are doing stuff similar right. to this. Absolutely. And I think it's freaking cool. What is it that you're doing? So I am taking a, uh, of course, we all know Pontiac was dead. Fourth gen was dead. Uh, I'm taking a fifth gen uh, Camaro that you were just talking about. And, this is, and moderately priced, mind <laughs> you. Yes, yes, it was. So uh, I was looking for a roller. Uh, no engine transmission, fifth gen Camaro. Uh, even if it had front end damage, it would be the perfect car. Because what I want to do is take it and turn it into what Pontiac might have done in, uh, as a fifth gen. Uh, you know, the fifth gen, from the, from the, door front, from the doors back, uh, they did a real good job of uh, doing a retro first gen, mm-hmm. body line, emulating. roof line, yeah. emulating that. Uh, I've seen a lot of companies uh, where they take, uh, you know, Trans Am Specialties, they're, they're, they're putting a front end on it, but they're really kind of doing a second gen yeah. uh, front end. The Smokey and the Bandit, and they're fantastic cars. They, right. they, they look awesome. And six-figure cars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they are fantastic, good quality. Um, but I'm kind of taking it, I want to stick with the first gen uh, theme on the car yeah. and, and, and make it into... Uh, what Pontiac might have done as a retro first gen. Are you taking names yet? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Snowball too. We'll refer to it as. <laughs> so, how far are you into it now? So, uh, starting on the front end sheet metal. Um, I've got the hood. So, I started with a '67 stock Firebird hood, mm-hmm. just a base hood. Uh, my plan is to do a Ram Air hood, but I wanted to start with a slate so I started the base hood now um, I had to widen that hood seven inches that gives you an oh, idea of just how much wider oh yeah the, absolutely the fifth gen is from first gen yeah um, I, I've got some great pictures of the both hoods my my car and the modified hood sitting next to each other it's it's crazy now did you just so, cut off the the edges of the yeah. The current hood, and then they're added. Uh, so I've added to the outer edges of each side. So yeah, about, about three and a half inches. But did you take like the edges of the the modern hood and put that onto the old one that was? Oh no, narrower? no, no, because it's much shorter. The, oh, the, good the, lord! Um, the, you had to do so much. There is a tremendous amount of fab work going just on in the hood. Yeah, just in the hood. Um, the snowballs um, about right. <laughs> it, it, it will snowball. It, it, the cool part is I, I'm I'm 
dipping my hand in, dipping my feet into uh, metal work that I've yeah. not done a lot of, uh, doing a lot of shrinking and stretching. And shut <laughs> up! <laughs> and, oh, you shut up! And I'm, I'm, lo- I'm loving it. Uh, I was going to volunteer your welding services. Oh, there you go. I got a big old sheet of 18 gauge you can have upstairs. <laughs> I've had that son of a bitch for seven years. It only has seven holes in it. Yeah, it's, all it is is a sheet of bad memories. Okay. <laughs> The other cool, so I've got the hood uh, just kind of setting up there. The uh, other cool part, one, one other thing I'm wanting to maintain, on the first gen Firebird, the tops of the fenders were essentially the same width front to back. Pretty close. They had a tiny yeah. little taper to them, but for the most part, they were the same width. I want to keep that theme. The fifth gen Camaros, they start out wide, but then they come right down to a point okay. where, where that whole front fascia comes. So I'm adding a whole lot of sheet metal to the fifth gen spend, uh, fenders. It sounds like you're also prepping this to really have big fender flares on it and meaty tires. You know, actually not. Uh, really? Actually not. I will probably do just a mild little flare, maybe just uh, what the Z28 did that year. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything crazy like uh, like I did on the, the 67. I, I'm going to call this kind of the evil twin to my 67. <laughs> but it's going to be a little more refined, a little toned down. Um it's, uh, we'll see. What are you going to put under the hood? Um, what are the plans? Well, right now, sitting sitting in there is a uh, Bear Block Pontiac 455. <laughs> which, no school. Like now, school. I've posted some of this on a lot of Pontiac sites, what my project is, and oh my God, there's a lot of haters out there. Really? I was, yes. I was really hoping you'd jack with them and do an all billet 455. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now, I, I have appeased them because, you know, they they just hate, they call it a Camaro. They call, you know, they call all those you know, things, nice Camaro. Um, Screw you, buddy. You I, can't I do get it. it. <laughs> you know, I understand where they come. But uh, I'm not going to have an LS in there, so I kind of appease them by putting a Pontiac-powered. Uh, mm-hmm. so that, that's kind of softened the blow to them. Uh, it's, uh, I'm going to keep it old school. I, I really am. It'll nice. be a little refined. Um, it's going to be fuel injected. It's going to have air conditioning. It's going to be, you know, something I could go in, jump in and cruise for quite a while. In. Quickly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Scare children and neighbors. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's coming along really well. I'm, I'm pleased with how it's going. And as our last question, this is one that. Uh, this is uh, my favorite question. Absolutely. Hit it. Always. Right. Okay. And, and it's one uh, that we ask everybody, and I love this. What is the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Oh, um, how long do you have? So many, <laughs> so many stories. These are always the best stories. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Uh, well, and I've done many. <laughs> um, You're in good company. I know. Yeah. So yeah, we won't uh, tell anybody. <laughs> gosh, what year was this? This was high school. We we do yeah. our dumbest work in high there school. Absolutely. Yeah, well, start. so yeah. I'm going to jump back to high school you, days. You, sh- you uh, should have done your dumbest work in high school. Some yeah. of us, <laughs> some of us, take an extended run at it. <laughs> I've done some dumb things in the Firebird, but probably the dumbest thing I did was in my dad's uh, 1962 Chevrolet pickup truck. Uh-oh. No seat belts. Uh, they were optional. Yeah. They were optional. The fuel tank, you know, it sat right behind you, yeah. behind the seat. Yeah, well. Oh so, which is great in an era when everybody smokes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the story's starting off good. And a steering wheel that's, you know, three feet in diameter. Uh, <laughs> and made of metal to go right through your rib cage. Right. So, uh here I was minding my own business. <laughs> uh-huh. nah, they never start out that way. Uh-huh. Go fast. I uh, headed home from work one night. I was a busboy at a local um, hotel in, uh-huh. in, in Omaha. And my friend uh, in his 73 satellite. Oh, hells yeah. Comes up go. beside me. And, 318 or 383? Uh, 318. 318. No 318, kidding. yeah. All right. Uh, 73 satellite. And so we God. get to rat racing, you know, because yeah. <laughs> we're stupid. <laughs> and we, I know we're headed back to his house late one night, and uh, I see I'm, I'm going to take a shortcut to his house. I know a back way. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I see neighbor's yards and mailboxes coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I uh, proceed to uh, think I can take this turn. <laughs> Okay. You know, the, the 
they don't handle like you think they should. No. Oh. And, and no. was there pavement on that back road? There was. This, this, this oh, okay. was all pavement. At least you had that. This was all pavement. Um, so uh, I'm trying to make this turn in this 62 Chevrolet pickup, four-speed. Oh, my <laughs> first, God. First gear's a granny gear. and uh, So it's a three-speed. It's a three. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I missed the turn. <laughs> and oh. I proceeded straight, and I went straight between a telephone pole and a huge pine tree and proceeded to go about two stories down over a cliff. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> and we did the tumble over and over and over. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> wow. So the buddy that was with me, he was getting off work. How did you even get to be an engineer after something like that? <laughs> you should be testing bubblegum elasticity somewhere <laughs> with your eyeballs. I mean, that's just... You'd get nothing but coloring books for Christmas for the rest of your life. <laughs> Holy cow. All I remember was, you know, as I'm rolling over, my buddy who was riding home with me that night. Oh, there was somebody else. There was somebody in the car. Yeah. Oh, shiza. No, no seatbelt. So he kept rolling over on me and rolling back off as the car. Oh, boy. The truck tumbled That's, over look, and over. Look, it's a pair of human airbags. Right. <laughs> Did they sound like maracas? So we, uh, we fortunately... <laughs> We wow. fortunately landed on the wheels uh, at the bottom of this uh, ravine. And you're still in the cab. <laughs> and we're still you. in the cab. Yeah. Truck started right up, drove it home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the driver's door was just crushed. It, just, oh I, my it couldn't God. even open it. We managed to get to the passenger door out, kicked it open and out. And, and yeah, so then we had to come up with a story. <laughs> okay, I, I'm, let's take bets now. I'm saying it was a, a raccoon in the road. What do you um, think? What do you think, Brett? What was the excuse that Dad got? Gas pedal stuck. Okay. <laughs> no, it was the green, yellow, purple, black car that pulled out in front of us. It was a four door, two door. That son of a bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hunt him down. And not one of us had our story straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, <laughs> you would have been better off with fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah, oh yes. <laughs> You're not too bright in high school. No, no, <laughs> no. So Some of us morning, never improve. Yes. Yeah. So the next morning, um, as Dad and I go to retrieve the truck, um, he's Dad's sitting in the truck in the driver's seat, and uh, amongst all my tumbling, I had snapped the key off in the ignition with my oh, hand yep. or something. So I had to fish that out of there. But he's sitting there, and he's sitting behind the wheel, and... He reaches down and grabs a gear shift, and it's in second gear. And he looks at me, and he goes, were you trying to make that corner? <laughs> Busted, oh, guilty. My God. <laughs> the wisdom of dad just, I mean. He, Your dad's too smart. <laughs> he was CSI all over it. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're looking at him going, holy crap, you're Yoda. I'm like, damn it. He sees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we can laugh about it still. Yeah, now. <laughs> now, yes. So wow. that's got to rank up there as uh, one of the dumbest things. Yeah, well, the, I'll grant you that. <laughs> thinking a 62 Chevrolet pickup yeah. handles like a Ferrari. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking shot a 62 Chevy pickup off a cliff. <laughs> off. Off. That was entertaining. Thank you, well, Kevin. Good. good, good. Jesus. You can find Kevin's business online at CastleWorksMotorsports.com and on Facebook at CastleWorks Motorsports. Take a peek at some of their past work on the website. And, of course, that oh, 67 ch- yes, Firebird. Check out that Firebird. That crazy. thing is sick. Mucho kudos to Ped Watt, photographer of the Iron Horse Gods, who hooked us up with Kevin. And, Kevin, thank you so much for stopping by here at Road Muscle thank Radio. Thank you. I appreciate it, And guys. we're this all impressed fun. you're still alive. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I've been looking <laughs> at your head going, I'm trying to find some scars. Cause yeah. That's yeah, insane. God watches over Flying around in children. that truck cab until you hook a door handle so you don't go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and thank you for sharing your time with us as we yak about grease gears and cool car stuff. There's nothing like going on a fun ride, especially when you've got fun people like you to share it with. So be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at RoadMuscleRadio.com and on Twitter. I'm Catfish Groves. I am Brett Hatfield. And we'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio.